All right. So if you guys need, uh, I, I know we probably lost all trust whatsoever in you after putting that together, that video. But is this a great day in the history of K2? Yeah. This is very cool. I just, um, thinking about uh, this day and everything, it's just uh, amazing to me what we've done. And so here's what we're going to do, you guys, just to kick off the day, is we're going to make a call real quick over to our, uh, our cohorts over on the other side. And, and Rutt's come up with this phrase for them. We're going to call them White Castles. So we got Red Box. We're going to call them White Castle, okay? So I'm going to call them up, and when I go one, two, three, scream it for me and just go, hey, White Castle, okay? Y'all good on that? All right, so here we go. Hold on. Andy, is that you? Yeah, what's going on? What are you, what are you doing, right? Uh, no, this would be uh, Dave. Uh, uh, are you doing? Where are you right now? Dude, I'm doing a service, man. What are you doing? You're in the red building, buddy. I'm in the red building, too. So, hey, I got a couple people just want to say hi to you real quick, okay? Okay, go ahead. Okay, one, two, three. Sweet. Wow, that was, that was really impressive, dude, but I think we can do way better than that. So, uh, hey, red box on the count of three. One, two, three. <laughs> Sweet. Dude, that is so cool, man. And it's so cool to hear a crowd in each building, too. That's awesome. Hey, man, I hope you guys have a great service. Yeah, that sounds cool. Oh, man, you guys, seriously, uh... Thanks for being here. You know, thanks for being in the old building. Didn't know if everybody went over and saw the new one. And they, but man, this is going to be awesome. We are so glad that uh, this place is kind of packed out as, as it sounded like theirs was too. And this really is a pretty significant step for us as a church. Um, but it's just one. I mean, this is just like one step that God's asked us to take. For the last five years, he's been asking us to take steps. And as we talked about last week, that's because God is like always on the move. He's always moving. So he says, okay, I want you to move with me. And we know that after this step, there's going to be a ton more. <laughs> that God has so many steps that he wants us to take. And I don't know about you, um, but last week, I was just blown away. How many of you were there last week, by the way, for, for our service? Okay, most of you. I, I'm telling you, one of the reasons I know that the future holds a lot of really exciting stuff for us is the fact that, it, I don't know, I've, Eric, I think, was trying to figure it out, but literally hundreds of people, hundreds, came up to the microphone and said, here am I, send me. I'm telling you, I'm te there's no way that God, whose eyes roam the earth, looking for that, wasn't just zeroed in on K2 the church last week, going, are you serious? Are you guys serious? You really will go wherever I send you? Man, I'm telling you, if we have our hearts open to do that, he is going to move, and we are going to go on an unbelievable adventure, and it's going to be amazing. And so when we think about this whole idea that God is on the move, and he is, I know that every single one of us wants to, right? I mean, don't you want God to be on the move? Yeah. I mean, yeah, and then don't you think about it like, and, and so we actually went out last week, and we asked them, or a couple weeks ago, and I just went out in the parking lot, and I asked a bunch of people, how do you want to see God move? And I'd like for you even to think about it yourself. How do you want to see him move this year? And as you're thinking about it, watch this video, and it'll kind of trigger your feelings about some things, maybe the different ways that God might move. 
would like God to show me how to love people more. Help me live more in his, his ways. I'd like to see some optimism. Change the hearts of people. Open people's eyes. That's what I wish he would do, is, is open people's eyes. I really want is God to reveal himself there tangibly and for all of us to sort of really sense that. Bring a little bit more joy into the world. Change the, just the, the, the general turmoil of the world that, that is, is so present. If anything, I would just like to see hope restored. Feed the homeless, or feed, feed the, take care of the world uh, starvation problem. Give us more of a global outlook. Open up people's hearts to uh, the love that he has for them. Reach people who kind of fall through the cracks. See God continue to work in Salt Lake and uh, continue to grow the Christian faith here. I would like to see God move in the hearts of all the people in this valley so that they'll turn towards him no matter what faith they are right now. I would love to see God just move in the South area when we open the South Campus. Make the community more one. I'd like to see him affect the youth of Salt Lake City dramatically and to stop all this pain that's going on around and around. Energize me and the Christian community. Um, I just want to see some passion in the community and in my own life. I think that's what I'd like to see. Personally, I would like to see God just kind of uh, show me a little bit better direction, direction he wants me to go in, in serving him. I'd like to see him change my heart to be more inspired to give my time. Probably transform me into a more compassionate person. Just drawing closer to him and having him permeate every aspect of my life. To make me stronger in my faith, to give me that guidance to study and see his word and his love letters. Love him to heal our body and just make us move so forward to impact everybody we touch. Every single person that walks through these doors, I just wish that they could see Jesus in us and just empower him. In my life this year, I'd like to see God work in ways he never has before. I've never fully thrown my life into his hands, and so today, actually, I've been provided that opportunity, so I'm going to attempt to do that. And I think that God will manifest himself abundantly. It's just a matter of faith and trust now, because I know he's real. Isn't that cool? And I, and I just know, too, if you had, and I, you know, obviously I took these people right off the spot and they didn't have time to really think about, about it, but I would love for you to do that. I don't know if you do that. I, see, I do that all the time. It's kind of just the way God's wired me to dream and to, to vision and to hope that God might do amazing things. And um, as you're thinking about it and, and how you want God to move, and I'm sure that you want God to move in your own personal lives in some way. I'm sure that if, you're, if you have family, you want, there's some things you want to see him do in your family. Maybe for here, at K2, and lots of people just for the world. There's all these ways we want to see God move. I know for me, some of the things I shared with you last week are some of the things I want to see. When I think about how God could move this year, for me, it would be that every single one of you, every one of you in this room, and anybody who's coming to K2, by the end of this time next year, that you would be on a personal adventure with God. That you would be experiencing him in such a real way. And I think that kind of leads me to the other thing. And, and that is, for some of you, if you're here today and you would say that you don't really know very much at all about Christ, um, or some of you in here know about him, but that's totally different than knowing him. Man, my dream, and what I would love to see God do and as he moves this year, I would love to see him 
move in such a way for all of you that you would come to a place where you see him as being real and actually knowing him. And then my next dream is that all these individual personal adventures, see, because if you go on a personal adventure with God and I go on one with God, right, and Christian goes on one with God, and Paul goes on one with God, see, then he actually gets to lead all those adventures. And you know what happens when he leads them? They all come together. <laughs> and they form this unbelievable, powerful experience. That's my other dream. This whole idea that we would walk together because we're actually walking with him. Another one for me is this whole South Campus deal that we've got planned. I hope this next year we see God move and how he's going to do that. The provision of the place and building the team. And we have no idea how he's going to do it, but I can't wait to see that this year. How God's going to move and help us to multiply ourselves as a church. Just to be a little more personal for me. Um, I'm with some, I think it was Mike Bowen who said that. Um, I would love by this time next year to know that I'm a little more selfless than I am today. I would love to know that he's done enough work in my heart that I actually love a little bit more like he does. And then the last thing for me is kind of what we're going to talk about today. I know for me personally, I will, I've been praying. I'm going to share this later. I hope by next year that there is an inner strength inside of me that's greater than one that I can muster up for myself. Something that helps me bust through everything that tries to stop me from being everything God wants me to be. Those are just some of the things that I dream about and some of the ways I hope that God moves. So here's the question. Here's what I want to help you guys to know today. And we shared it a little bit last week. God just is on the move, you guys. He just always is. And so we looked at the Exodus story last week, right? And this whole idea how God said, I have an idea. And he went to Moses. And Moses said, well, who am I? You know, and, he, and God said, it doesn't matter who you are. It's who I am. And he brought them out of Egypt, which is unbelievable. And then he brought them right to the Red Sea right after that. And, he'd been, and he, had, he let the enemy breathe down their necks because he wanted to show them that he was God. And when I, when I think about that, I, when I think about us as a church, lots of times I feel like, man, I think God's done that with us. I think he's done some amazing things in these last four years. But the cool part is, after God got him through the Red Sea, that was just the beginning. I mean, he had this whole plan of things that he wanted to do. He was going to lead his people into the promised land, right? I mean, that's what he was going to do. He told, in fact, he had told Abraham over 400 years earlier, over 400 years earlier, with a guy named Abraham, he made a covenant. He made a promise to Abraham. I am going to lead your people into this land. Think about that. Over 400 years later, God is true to his promise. He is absolutely faithful. And so he starts to lead his people, right, into the promised land. Now, you may not know the story. It's a great story. I'm going to try to do it in like two minutes, which is going to give it no, hardly any validity. But check this out. They're going into the desert, and they decide to spend, send 12 spies into the land to see what the promised land is like, to figure it out, to, to know how they're going to maybe strategize to do that. So they send 12 spies, one from each tribe of Israel. The 12 spies come back, and you know, in, in, in those of you who know the story, it's pretty amazing. Ten of them go, oh, God was right. That is one awesome land. I mean, that would be an unbelievable place to live. It's good. But we can't go there. We can't do it. You need to see the people over there. They are so powerful, and they are so much stronger than we are. And so what they did is they started to, to spread this horrible news through the camp, saying there's no way that we can go into this land that God promised us 450 years ago. There's no way. 
Then there were two guys who said, whoa, 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 wait a second. By the way, one of them was named Caleb, which is very cool. Caleb and Joshua come back, and they say, yeah, the land's full with all these people, but wait a second, you guys, if God goes with us, he will totally bless us and honor us. But no, instead, the people totally freaked out. And this is what, they, this is what happened. Um, that night, all the people of the community raised their voices, and they wept aloud, and all the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron, and the whole assembly said to them, If only we had died in Egypt or in this desert. Why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to each other, We should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. And man, all of a sudden, then Caleb and Joshua say, Come on, you guys know we can do this. But the whole assembly talked about stoning them. And then the glory of the Lord appeared. Were any of you in the first service last week when I slipped? Um, if you thought God was angry at Moses, he got so angry at these guys. And this is what he said. He goes, you know what? You have showed contempt for me. You have rejected me. And you know what happened? That whole generation that wouldn't listen to God, they spent 40 years wandering in a desert. Have you ever been over there? Anybody have been over to Israel? You know, Christian and I, a couple of you. I mean, I'll never forget when we were taking this bus and actually going through the wilderness, the desert, where they wandered for 40 years. Not a pleasant thing. And it wasn't until that generation died and they never got to see the promised land because they wouldn't believe in God. But now where we're going to take up the story is even Moses died. <laughs> Moses himself died too. He didn't even get to go into the promised land. And then he raises up his successor, and his successor's name is Joshua. And here's what we're going to do, you guys. We're going to go for the next six weeks in this series and say, let's just get something straight here. God is on the move. God is going to do some things. And then our whole, whole idea here is how do we get ready for that? And the reason we chose that is this. In Joshua chapter 1, verse 1, it says this. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people, get ready. Get ready. Get ready. For these guys, it was to cross the Jordan. But for us, what is it? I can tell you this right now, you guys. God has stuff for us and he's telling us get ready so for the next six weeks we're going to look at get ready for the move of god and how do we do it let me just i'm going to just bust through the rest of the verses so i can tell you what we're going to talk about today verse three says i will give you every place where you set your foot as i promised moses your territory will extend from the desert to lebanon and from the great river to the euphrates all the hittite country to the great sea on the west no one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land that I swore to their forefathers to give them. And that's what we're going to take up today. Get ready, you guys, because God is saying, I'm going to do something, and I want you to be ready because when I'm ready to move, I'm ready to go. 
And so the first thing he tells them, how do you and I get ready for God to move? And all of you have ideas of how you want God to move. You, 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 know, you just responded actually pretty strongly to that. That was pretty cool. But what God says is this. When I move, you better be strong and you better be courageous. And that's what we're going to look at today. How is your strength today? How is your courage today? And so when I think about that, when you, when you, you have seen the land, and I was thinking about God coming to, Moses, or to Joshua, and he goes, Joshua, you're on the verge. <laughs> You've been in this land. You've seen it. And now I'm going to actually ask you to go into it. Be strong and courageous. And you know what else I think God was saying? Hey, Joshua, and you also saw what happened when people weren't strong and courageous. When I asked them to move and they wouldn't listen to me. Can you imagine Joshua kind of sitting there going, okay, got all these people, and it's on me now to move in here. So here's the, here's the first point. There's three very clear points today. How can you be strong and courageous when God is ready to move? And the first one is this. You need to remember that God has a plan. God has a plan. Let me read it for you again, starting with verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of, Noses, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people, and here we go, listen to this plan. Get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land that I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the great sea on the west. Do you guys think, does it sound like God knows what he wants to do? I mean, he is very clear here. He goes, I've got a plan. And so I need you to be strong, Joshua. I need you to, to be courageous. And, and I sit there and I think about this, you guys. How many of you have plans? Anybody got any plans out there? I mean, hello, if you're human, you've got plans. You've got all these things that you've set out to do, you know, and you sit down and you maybe even go through courses about how to set the agenda for your life, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to go to school here, and then I'm going to work here, and I'm going to live there, and I'm going to have all these plans for our life. And then what we do is once we figure out our plan, then we go, oh, God, will you just come and bless my plan? Just come. I, this is a good one, you know, and, and I am going to be a good person. And this will be great. And so here it is. Sign off on that. What you got? And just bless me. And what's interesting, you guys, is when you read back and you watch the Israelites, see, they had some plans too. In fact, one of the interesting things is after they, they, when they didn't want to do what God wanted them to do, see, God had a plan, and they were going, whoa, 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 whoa. You know what, God, that's not, that's not my plan. Have you ever felt, don't raise your hand, but you ever felt like that? You ever kind of gone through your life and all of a sudden you feel like God might have a plan for your life and you're going, uh, I don't know if that's, uh, I don't like that plan. And then God says, this is really crazy. He says, well, you know what? It's awesome. You should just read Numbers 13 and 14. Unbelievable story. He says, well, I'll forgive you for that. I will. He says, I forgive you. But you're going to die in the desert. Could have, could have had an incredible journey, but... I'm going to do it with your kids instead. It's pretty amazing to me. He actually forgives them, you know, and he works this thing out. But then what's interesting is after the Israelites realize, whoa, we blew it, then you know what they do? All right, well, we're going to go up. Let's go, guys. 
And, and, and Joshua goes, whoa, 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 wait. Don't go. God's not with you. And they, well, you know what it says? And then it says, nevertheless, in their presumption, they went up. <laughs> so what were they doing? Again, they weren't listening to God's plan. They started doing their own plan. And you know what's interesting? Is God looks down at us and he goes, hold on a second here. Whose plan are you following? Whose will do you want for your life? And here's the key, you guys. See, we don't invite God into our plans. He is inviting us into his plans. God has a plan. Have you ever gotten yourself to the point where you've wanted the plan of God for your life? This, for me, is where I realize that most people who will call themselves Christians have actually never surrendered their life to God's plan. And then, you know what? Following God is kind of monotonous. You know, it works sometimes. It doesn't work other times. I'm fired up now, but I'm not fired up now. And it, it, just, it, it just never really captures you. You guys, the life that Jesus came, when he said, I have come so that you could have life to the full, that means it's the life that God has for you. Not the one that you've dreamed up for yourself and then asking him to stamp on. Can you think about this? Just stop for a second and think about that. Can you imagine how much greater God's plan is for your life than your own? Think about how little your little brain is. <laughs> and you dream up these grand schemes and God says, I will do more than you could ever ask or imagine. And I tell you, for me, when I think about this, this is the full life. This was the life of Christ. See, and we call ourselves followers of Christ, which means we live life like Christ did. And Christ says, I did nothing on my own. Nothing. And yet all of us, well, I got lots of things I do on my own. <laughs> I got lots of plans. Christ says, I have no plans. I do nothing on my own. Whatever the Father tells me to do, I do. That was his plan. I'm going to do whatever the Father tells me to do. And so that's why Jesus, when he was in the garden sweating drops of blood, he could say, not my will, but yours be done. Would you just sit and think about that for a second? Have you ever actually accepted the plan of God for your life? Have you ever been there? Can I just tell you that if that hasn't happened yet, you have such an amazing new opportunity that lies ahead of you to receive the plan of God. And I know for me, you guys, it's so much, there's so much peace and rest in this. And I think about this, and like when I really gave my life to Christ, when I was 19 years old, in college, broke up with my girlfriend for four and a half years. I, you know, some of you guys are sick of the story. Some of you don't know it, though. Broke up with my girlfriend for four and a half years, left my family, left all my friends, left a school where a lot of success was going on, and get down into this hodunk little school called Asbury College in Wilmore, Kentucky. I'll never forget, all of a sudden, the peace and rest that came into my soul. Because I realized, you know what? I don't have to call the shots anymore. Do you know how much pressure, how much pressure rises up when the, when, inside of you when you feel like you've got to figure out your life? Don't raise your hand. Anybody stressed out with the economy today? Anybody stressed out with your future today? 
Anybody stressed out because your plans aren't going the way that you thought they would go today? See, something amazing happens. You can be strong and courageous when all of a sudden you've given up your plans because you actually know that God has a plan and you're in it. Does that make any sense? Do you ever felt that? To know that your life is really in the hands of God and he's actually moving your life along? It's unbelievable. I mean, that was the deal for us moving out here. People, again, were freaked out that we would all sell our jobs and sell our jobs. That Wouldn't that be nice to sell your job and quit your home while you're at it? Um, but quit your jobs and sell your homes, leave your family and all that kind of stuff. But you guys, it wasn't hard at all. It was really weird. We would all look at each other and just go, no, it was so easy to do. There was strength and there was courage. Why? Because we knew that this was God's idea and it wasn't our own. And when you know it's not your plan, but God's plan, oh, it's unbelievable. It's how I felt in Mary and Sue's. I always say, hey, there's two things I know. I'm supposed to be married to that woman, and I'm supposed to plant this church. Why did I know that with Sue's? It's way too long of a story. But I just, there was this verse in, in Psalm 45 that talked about riding forth. And the reason I could ride forth with confidence was because God was moving in my life. When you sense that it's God's plan, you know what happens? You get strong, and you can get courageous. And when I question whether it's him, or I don't really know, it's, it's, it's hard. It's really hard. All right, so that's the first thing God says to you. And he wants to say to us this year, you guys, listen, this year, 08, 09, can I just, can I just if I was, like, if God could stand here... <laughs> And say to you, if Jesus could stand here today, I think what he would say, I think he would want to grab you in the parking lot or in the lobby today, just grab you by the cheeks, look you in the eye and say, hey, I have a plan. I have a plan for you. Be strong and courageous. Don't worry, because it's my plan. And I'm going to do it. You just come with me. Okay? Second one. After he goes on, he says, I have a plan. The next thing he says is this. Let's go to verse 5. And in verse 5 it says, No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Oh, I love that. You know what he's saying? You know what God's saying to you today? Hey, you guys, be strong and courageous. Why? Because I am with you. And I'll never leave you. And I'll never forsake you. See, God has a plan. But the second thing he says is, I also have my presence. You are not going to go out there and do this by yourself. I am going to be with you. And I was thinking about Joshua. With you guys, do you, you imagine what Joshua must have felt like? Moses just died. I mean, you know, Joshua was the number two guy, Right? Moses was the man. He was the one who led strongly and was out there. And, and Joshua was the guy behind him saying, you go, boy, you know. And now all of a sudden, Moses dies and Joshua is thrust out there. And I was just thinking how lonely that must have felt, how fearful he must have been in that moment. You know what I was thinking? It must be how Robin feels with Batman, right? Because Batman's the stud, Right? And Robin's the little guy in whatever green and red, you know, little outfit he has. And is, you just look at Robin. Does anybody want Robin in your corner? I mean, I mean, would you want Robin? I mean, you got Batman, and then you got Robin. Did you notice that Robin didn't make any of the sequels? 
He's not even in the movies. We've got Batman. There's no place for Robin. And I can't help but imagine that, that Joshua, in his mind, was feeling the same way. I mean, I mean, these guys, they all loved Moses. They saw Moses do great things. I'm just Robin. And God comes along and he says, what? No one will ever be able to stand against you. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Remember last week? What did Moses say? Who am I? I can't help but Joshua must have been feeling the same thing. Who am I? And God once again says, it doesn't matter who you are. It does not matter who you are. It's who I am. And I am with you. Be strong and courageous. I am God. I've got a plan. And I'm with you. Are you guys up for that? See, that's what God wants to say to every single one of us. And we're out here with our own plans, with a kind of a distant sense that God's maybe there, but no, oh, please God, bless me today. And you live in this fear and this wonder if things are going to happen. And instead, he wants to give you absolute strength and absolute confidence because he's with you and because you're in his plan. That's 08 and 09, you guys. I know this, that God has something for us this year. I know he has something for me this year. I know he has something for you. Because God always has a plan. And then God is always saying, and I am with you. And so I was sitting there, you guys, just, I didn't give you this verse, uh, Julie, sorry about this, but I just read this yesterday. I was reading Psalm 46. And it says this, God is our refuge and strength and ever present help in trouble. Oh, okay. I am with you. Yeah, I'm sending you into very powerful people. Yes, they're stronger than you, but they're not stronger than me. And I am an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, and you got to understand a little bit about Israel culture here, they were like desert people, and so the sea freaked them out. So whenever you read the psalmist and he actually talks about the mountains falling into the sea, that means they're talking about their greatest fear, <laughs> okay? And so he's saying, even though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, which would absolutely freak me out, Though its waters roar and they foam and the mountains quake with their surging, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. You guys remember? This is Jerusalem. The temple was in Jerusalem. And there's a stream that makes that city, Jerusalem, the holy place where the Most High dwells. And then it says, God is within her. She will not fall. God is within her. She will not fall. This is when I'm really, really glad I live in 2008. Because, see, in 2008, I know that God doesn't live in the temple anymore of human hands that they built. The scriptures tell us, don't you know that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. See, when I read that verse yesterday, as a Christian, as a Christ follower, the very first thing that hit me, when it says, God is within her, she will not fall, I realized, oh, 
God is within me. I will not fall. Why? Because I'm so super strong? Oh, if any of you know me, you know that's not the case. But because God is within me. See, when you invite Jesus Christ into your life, you know what he said? Read, read, take this home. Read John 14 today. Read John 14 today. Take it home because Jesus was trying to help us to understand. The Holy Spirit's going to come inside you, you guys, and you will know. It says the world won't know him because they won't recognize him. But then it says, but you'll know him because he lives with you and will be in you. And then he says, my father will love the person that loves us. And then he says, we will come to him and we will make our home with him. You guys, 0809. God's probably going to lead you into something. He's probably going to lead me into something. He's probably going to lead K into K2 into like another Red Sea or as we're going to get in here, as we're going to find out what God's getting ready to do is he's going to help him cross the Jordan River again. It's going to be another miracle thing. And every time he does this, it can be scary. It can be tough. And that's why the very first thing he says to us for 08 and 09, hey, be strong and be courageous because if you've surrendered your life to me, this is my plan that I'm working out here. It's my plan. And I'm with you. I am. And if you've received me, I am in you. And you will not fall. Oh, I just love that, you guys. It's unbelievable to me. You know, there's a, a, a really horrific thing that recently happened. Jim Soper, I don't know if you guys know Jim. One of our crash members here at K2 was in a motorcycle accident. Literally going down one, uh, one lane in a, a a motorcycle or a truck pulled right in front of him, and he ended up going right underneath the truck, um, knocked out. I went and saw him in the hospital. It's unbelievable to me. I asked him yesterday if I could t- share this. So he's knocked out cold. The wheel of the truck is still on top of him. He comes to consciousness, and the first thought in his head is, God is with me. That's a, I mean, I almost started crying. <laughs> Because when something like that happens to you, what are you going to do? I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do. But how cool was it that as soon as that happened, the first thing that hit him was, God is with me. And he had no fear. Unbelievable to me. And I think God wants to get us to the point where we would know, not just understand that God's with us because the Bible tells me so, but that we'd actually know he's with us. And that would give us strength and courage. All right? The last one is this, verse 6. When he says, be strong and courageous, he says, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and courageous because you're going to do this. <laughs> and I was sitting there and I was thinking, yeah, can you imagine? I asked my wife this. I said, Susie, would you just think about this for a minute? <clears throat> what if God showed up to you today and he said, hey, be strong. Just do it. Can I ask you, how would you be strong? I think about it. I mean, I just sat there and I go, okay, God, I'll be strong. Right? Look at me. I'm strong. When you know inside that you're weak, and I just thought, I thought he, he would say, because you will lead these people, and you ever felt like God says, hey, well, you will do this, and you just go, oh, are you kidding me? There's another time in the story later with Gideon. Where God came to Gideon when the Israelites were struggling again. He said, hey, Gideon, you're my man. And then he said, go in the strength that you have. 
And you know what Gideon says? Um, my clan is the weakest, and I am the least in my family. I love that. And God says, I know. You're the little wimpy dude. Go in that strength. And then you know what he said? Anybody, just anybody want to guess what he said? Huh? Somebody, come on. You got it. Because I'm going to be with you. You go in the strength you have. Hey, Ashlyn, come on up here, my sweet girl. Would you guys welcome my lovely little daughter, Ashlyn, to the stage real quick? <clears throat> One of the things I love about Ashlyn is uh, all my girls, Mariah, too, and then Caleb, is they are incredibly strong. <laughs> In fact, when we wrestle, because we tackle all the time at home, don't we? And when we tackle at home, usually they end up hurting me. That's when we stop, um, when they've hurt me. But as strong as Ashlyn is, I just, can you imagine me as a dad saying to Ashlyn, oh, hey, Ashlyn, would you be strong? Okay, go ahead and lift that up. Okay, no, no, not two hands. Okay, awesome. If I said to Ashlyn, come on, this is my plan, okay, and I'm with you. Am I with you? Yep, I'm with you. Okay, be strong. You know, and she can't do it. Have you ever felt like God has said, hey, got a plan, be strong, I'm with you, and you sit there and you feel like, I can't do it. Ashlyn, what could you do? Yeah, you could ask me to help you. So go ahead. If we do this together, now Ashlyn's lifting 35 pounds over her weight. Way to go. Okay, give it up for Ashlyn Dawn. Thank you, sweet girl. When Andy and I were talking about this message, because the Bailey's over there doing this with him, I just thought, oh my gosh, if we could get that picture right there. God says, be strong, and he asks us to do things that are beyond our ability to do. Did you know that? Have you ever sensed that? He always does that for me. And then you know what? Because if you work out for a while, guess what? Now, I can take this and I can do this. But you know what? You add probably about 20 more pounds to this puppy. <clears throat> you know, I'm not doing it either. But if you work out, eventually you get to a place where I can do that. Every time in my life, when I feel like I've got to the point where I'm like, oh, yeah, I kind of get this thing with God, he adds another weight on the bar. You know why? Because he loves to spot me. He loves to know, Dave, be strong. And guess what? I have to push the weight. But he's always standing there going, you're never going to do it without me. You're never going to do it without me. I'm with you. You guys, how are you going to be strong and courageous this year? First, you've got to believe that God has a plan. And you've got to have your place, your heart, your will to the point where you want his plan. You're receiving his invitation into his plan and not inviting God into yours. Secondly, you've got to believe that his presence is there. And then the third thing, you guys, is God provides the strength. This is the mystery to me. God provides it. Look at 2 Timothy 2.1. New Testament stuff here. You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Be strong 
this year. But do it in the grace that's in Christ Jesus. Look at this verse, 2 Thessalonians 2, 16 and 17. May our Lord Jesus Christ himself. Oh, I love it when Paul and, the, and Peter also says this. I, I love it when they add himself. Because I think what it's trying to say is, hey, don't rely on other people. Actually, God himself. Look at this. May Jesus, may the Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us and by his grace gave us eternal encouragement. You guys remember I was talking about this a few weeks ago? What is encouragement? It means you give courage. Look at this, you guys. God, by his grace, has given us eternal, never-ending encouragement and good hope. May he, Jesus Christ himself, and God our Father, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. Are you guys following me here? What does God say to Joshua? Be strong and courageous. What does the New Testament say? God gives strength. God gives courage. You be strong, but you do it in the grace. What is grace? So we have this, the, the, the base kind of definition of grace is it's a free gift from God that he gives to you. See, now this is where it gets exciting to me because I sit there and you guys, we all have times in our life where we're just not strong, <laughs> where we don't have courage. And then I feel like God's saying, yeah, dude, but you're the pastor, suck it up. And I finally am realizing that he's not expecting me to be strong. He's expecting me to be strong in the grace and in the gift that God has given me because he's saying, I'm in you, I'll give you strength. I will give you courage. Man, and I, I, I looked at this up, and grace, you guys, is such a phenomenal word. And we have this kind of cheap definition, I would say, a little bit, that it's just God's undeserved, you know, undeserved favor towards us. Well, it is. But here's what grace does when you read it in the Bible. Grace is marked always, always, by God enabling work within us to overcome our helplessness. See, we're saved by grace. Why? Because you can't save yourself. Can't do it. So what does God do? He saves you by his grace. It's a gift. But did you know that even the life we're supposed to live with God is empowered by grace? Ashton could try all she wanted to lift that weight. She wasn't going to do it. Well, maybe with two hands. She cheated. There are things in your life this year that you are not going to be able to do. And God is saying, you be strong and you be courageous because I'm going to do it. You know what the key is, you guys? Check this out. Julie, I don't know if you can follow me, but look, look through this, these verses with me again. I'm going to start with verse 2. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land that I am about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon. And then he goes on, verse 5, No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, I will be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. Do you see what God's saying here? You catch this? I will, I will, I will, I will, I will. And then he gets to verse 6, and he says what? You will. 
You will. Why will you? Because I will. You will. In other words, God's saying, I got a great plan, and I want you to be involved in it. But man, you guys better stay close to me because this is my idea. And you better stay close to me because it's my presence. And you better stay close to me because I will provide for you all the strength and courage that you need. And you know what? I think, you guys, a lot of us Christians understand this. Oh, yeah, I understand that I'm saved by grace and not by works and all that kind of stuff. And I understand this, and I can read this. You know what else is? Some of you in here actually believe it. You actually believe what I just told you. That God, yeah, yeah, I believe that God will give me strength and that he'll give me courage. But you know what? It's kind of like when I went skydiving, right? When I went skydiving and this guy latched himself onto me, right? And I chose to allow him to do that. And I chose him, the, the pilot, and I let him go to 10,000 feet, right? And open the door and I freaked standing there because I can't climb a ladder. Now, why did I do that? Because I understood that there's this cord you pull. And when you pull the cord, right, I understand that when you pull the cord, it goes poof, and the parachute comes out, and that's how it works. I understand that. But I had to go to another level, though. I had to believe that if he pulled the cord, it would actually do it, right? I wouldn't do that unless I believed that he would. There's your faith. But you know what? It wasn't until we jumped out of the plane and he pulled the cord and it actually worked that I knew it. See the difference? Some of you right now, you understand it. Some of you even believe it. And you know what God's going to do this year? He's going to say, okay, then jump. Jump. Because I want you to know it. I want you to know me. And I want you to know. Not believe that I'm faithful. I want you to know that I'm with you. So you guys, one last thing, band, you guys can come on up. Is, uh, there's a great verse, Hebrews 4.16, says this. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence to receive mercy and to find grace to help us in our time of need. Can I say that's what I've been doing like the last two or three months? I'm just praying to God and I'm saying, God, okay, you said you do this. I'm asking him every day, Lord, would you strengthen me with power through the Holy Spirit in my inner being so that Christ will dwell there by faith? Wake up tomorrow morning. God, would you strengthen me with power in my inner being so that Christ can dwell in me by faith? I'm going to the throne of grace, to the power, to the gift of God to receive mercy and to find grace to help me in my time of need. And you know what? You can do that too. You can ask him, you guys. Ask him. Ask him. All Ashlyn had to do was say, hey, Daddy, would you help me? Your daddy in heaven is just saying, hey, I got a plan. I'm with you. Come to me and let me give you my grace and empower you to live out the plan that I have for you. Now, here's what we're going to do. We're going to give you a chance. We are singing three amazing songs. I'm going to tell you, you guys better get ready. Because here's the deal. God is moving in your life, and he's moving in this church, and he wants to include us in it, and it's so awesome to know that. In the verse of this new song, we're going to start off with a new song. And it says, great is your glory when you go before me. Great is your glory when you go before me. You guys, God always wants to go before you. It's just a matter if we'll go with him. And if you will, you will see his glory. And then it says, your ways are lovely, so high above me. 
so high. So God's plans are not your plans, just so you know, okay? He goes, my ways are not your ways, so get ready, because I'm going to definitely do some stuff you would never do. Hang with me, though. And then it says this, take me and pull me through, because I can't move without you. I won't leave you alone, you say. It will be okay. And we want to give you a chance, and me and Chance, and all of us a chance right now, to say, God, we believe that you are the God of all, that you have a plan, and that nobody can thwart your plan. And I want that plan. You are awesome. And as you said last week, one more chance here and as we worship, here am I, God. Here am I. I'm going with you. Make me strong and courageous. We're going to take our offering as we do this opening song. And again, Jesus is just saying, where your treasure is, there your heart is. And if your heart is struggling to stick with God, maybe that's what you need to do is just offer him what Jesus said, where your heart lies. And take part in our offering today of giving back to God what he's given to you. If you're visiting, just enjoy this moment. Let's stand together and let's worship him.